Hi Rebels, I'm Cindy and welcome to Love Your Rebel Show. Today we are talking about money. <laughs> How to improve your money mindset. And we have a special guest joining us to share her expertise. I'm so excited. And um, well, just let me introduce you or tell you a bit about Michelle Masters. She's an international author. She's a personal development trainer coach um, in California and also around the world. She, her work is an innovative news for neuroscience-based change techniques, uh, family constellation works, and quantum healing modalities combined with profound understanding of what creates transformation and lasting change for people. I definitely need that. Anyway, her huge popular money magic work has helped people all over the world transform their lives and money. She's been nicked the coach's coach because she has coached the top coaches and speakers in the world, have trained and worked with her. Welcome, Michelle, to the show. Thank you, Cindy. It's so nice to be here. Oh. Hello. Hi. hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> First question that comes to mind, though, Michelle, is yes. how did you get into the world of coaching? Um, actually, I had been looking mm -hmm. for work that, uh, that I wanted to do that had meaning for me. And I'd been looking for a couple of years when somebody sent me, said, you should go to this free workshop. And I did. And I almost left before it started because there was only two people there, me and somebody else. And I saw how much the training was. And I thought at the time, well, I, I can't afford it. I may as well leave. I don't want to get their hopes up. But the other person who was there said, like, don't go. You know, she didn't want to be the only one there. So I stayed. And with ha within half an hour of this training starting, I thought, oh, this is what I want to do. This is it. And so I figured there must be a way. And uh, so, that, of course, there was a way. When you really want something, there's always a way. And now I've been doing it for 25 years. Wow. That's definitely a mindset thing, thing there, isn't it? Where there's a will, there's a way. There's always a way, yeah. So what was your most rebellious thing you've done? Well, in some ways, it was... Um, for one thing, there were many. I didn't, you know, I chose not to go kind of a traditional route of just getting a job. Um, but probably the most rebellious thing was I was asked in 2006 by our executive director, I was asked to create a two-day workshop around money. Mm. And I knew nothing about money. And, um, and I, but I said, yes, you know, and, um, and then I realized I know nothing about money. So I realized what I did know about was change. So I actually took all the change stuff that we had, the tools, a lot of them, and I applied them all to money. So instead of just talking about money, we were actually changing people's patterns around money and changing their beliefs. And so then we we sent them off to see what would happen. And we started getting reports back in the next you know weeks and months about things changing, about people getting raises, people making more money, um, unexpectedly making money. 
And then in uh, 2008, I took a matrix energetics course, which is a quantum way of working. And so I started adding that into the course. And when I started doing that, people would get changes before the workshop. Like they'd, they'd register for the workshop and get a check in the mail or get a raise or get a brand new job. Um, so it's this money workshop that we created that really has almost nothing to do with money. And yet it affects people's money hugely by changing these beliefs, these mindsets, these patterns, both um, psychologically and also quantumly. Wow, there you go. That's a good thing to jump into. No, not the next question, but the question after that. So the next question is, what is the definition of a rebel to you? What's the definition of a rebel? Yes. Is someone who pushes against the established norms. Oh, I know well. I was working with this healthcare practitioner once, and uh, we were talking while she was she was running some sort of instrument. And somehow we got to talking about the Disney movie, The Little Mermaid. And she said, oh, that movie's terrible. It teaches children it's okay to disobey your parents. And I said to her, well, children have to disobey their parents. I mean, they have to kind of push against or they would never move beyond their parents' limitations. So it's in that pushing against the expected is when we kind of move forward. Wow, that's a good lesson there in itself. <laughs> 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 so why is it important to improve your money mindset though? Be because um, it's often so much of our life force, our energy, our time is lost in, in working too hard, in struggling, in doing things we don't want to do, and giving up things we want all because we think we have to because of money. So much of who we are and what we want and what we came here to do and be gets lost because people don't feel like they have enough money or feel like they have to work or they have to work hard. It becomes a really destructive force. I mean, couples fight, uh, more couples fight about money than almost anything else. It's mm -hmm. a stress in families. It's a stress in relationship. So when your money can work, when you don't have that kind of stress, when you know you're going to be okay, when you can do things you want to do, when you have enough time for your health, for your family, for your loved ones, that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. I think that's a goal for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So what are the challenges that you have faced while you were working on your own money mindset? Well, I had, before I did the workshop, I had no relationship to money. Like I just didn't, I didn't care about it. I wasn't interested in it. I just wanted to like keep my expenses as low as possible so I could do as little as possible. But when I did, when I got this course, it's funny. I always wanted a spiritual course. That's what I wanted. And what I was given was a course about money. And it has become the most spiritual thing I do actually. Um, but as I was writing the course, because I took a whole summer to create the course, I tried everything out on myself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I noticed was I, I had um, I had noticed I would hear people sometimes say this to me when, when I was working with clients. I would often have people would say to me, they'd say, look, I don't want to have to think about money. I don't want to have to deal with money. I just want it to be there when I need it. 
And I started to feel bad for money. Like imagine if you advertised for a relationship and you said, I don't want to have to think about you. I don't want to have to deal with you. I just want you to be there when I need you. Send photo. Like who would answer that ad, right? Mm. And so I started to realize the ways in which I had a really unuseful relationship with money. And in trying out some of the exercises in the course, because I tried them all out on me, it really shifted things internally. And I began to appreciate the blessings, the blessing that is money. Um, it's one of the many ways the universe wants to love us. And the energy of money, when it doesn't have all the other stuff projected onto it, the energy of money is really the energy of blessings. Wow. Um, especially when you get all the fear out of the way. So that's been a big learning for me. And, you know, it's funny because I tried this stuff out on me as I was doing the class just to make sure it wouldn't cause any, you know, cause anybody to break out or, or retain water or something. Um, the next year when it was time to teach it again, I realized I went, oh, you know what? It feels like I've made more money. And I looked back and my income was up like 66%. Wow. Stably. Like it was up consistently and I hadn't done anything differently, but because of the shifts inside, it, it went up. And, you know, I've been doing this work now for, I guess, what is it? 14 years. And I, uh, and I continue to do the changes and every year, even when everybody else's money is going down, mine, mine has gotten better every year. Wow, even when the global financial financial crisis hit, like it didn't, it didn't hit me. Right. Cause the, all those, those beliefs had changed enough to where I could still be fine. Even when the rest of the world was having a, you know, panic attack. Definitely. A lot of people <laughs> has kind of closed a lot of shops and uh, everybody, like they lost their jobs and also yeah. stores, locals, and even some internationals has closed down. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the fact that you're, you're actually almost like a scientist, you know, tested on yourself first before you teach. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have some questions from our rebels. Um, yeah. The, the first one is basically he said his family and friends are low-income earners. Uh, being surrounded and brought up in his environment, how can he raise his uh, income level to, say, double or triple mm -hmm. uh, to what he was brought up with? Yeah, that's a very difficult – it's a good question, and it's a difficult one because most of our beliefs about ourselves and the world are in place by three and pretty much all of them by six. Oh. So if all the people you're around are people who are struggling with money – then most of your beliefs are going to have, are going to come from that. Um, so getting those beliefs revised is a really useful way. Um, because as long as those beliefs are running, everything's going to be a lot harder. When those beliefs revise, and when you start to get more and more references of what it looks like, sounds like, feels like, smells like, tastes like, to grow up in, where there's enough, then the whole thing starts to shift. So there's not like one simple trick I can tell people if there were like that trick would have been used by everybody by now. <laughs> um, the whole reason I have a job is, is to help people like change that patterning. But 
I did put some of the some of the patterns that work best um, in my Money Magic book. Okay. And the Kindle version, if you want to get that, is very inexpensive, um, so that it's affordable to almost anybody. It's it's um, it's about four ninety nine US, I think Australian. That's about six fifty, maybe six forty nine Australian for the Kindle version, or you can get the audio version for about ten dollars or fourteen Australian where the change pieces are all recorded and there's theta wave music to help your um, hemispheres integrate oh. uh, the information in there. Because it to change that patterning, um, it helps if you know what you're, know how to change the patterning well. It's hard to do on yourself. Like when I have something up, I go see somebody else. Oh. I've been doing the work for 25 years and usually I go see somebody else. Um, but if you're really struggling with money, like those change patterns, you know, for the, the price of a Starbucks coffee, you can basically have a book that has change patterns you can use over and over to revise the beliefs that are in the way, um, the uh, patterns, start to revise the patterning that's in the way. And I, that's why I actually wrote the book is because I know there's people that are never going to have a session with me. They're never going to make it to a workshop. And I wanted those people who can't afford even a workshop to have something some way where they can start to revise those patterns to make their life better their money better their health better right their love better who shouldn't have to struggle so much it doesn't have to be hard there you go you gotta get that book <laughs> I, I know it sounds like i'm plugging the book but honestly it's the the cheapest way that i can get that information to people well i think um the next question is kind of similar to that question. It's like, mm -hmm. um, the question is, can people in your surrounding ch change your money mindset? Like uh, from a high money mindset to a low one or a low one to a high one, depending on the people that surround you, right? Well, yes and no. Um, in one sense, uh, we are affected by the people who are around us. And the people who are around us are a reflection of our beliefs. Mm. If somebody has really different beliefs from yours, they will not show up in your orbit. Um, but now all of us have more than one belief about anything. We have contradictory beliefs. So all of us have some beliefs that, oh, money is hard or you can't get what you want. And most of us also have some some beliefs of, oh, I can sometimes get what I want. And the way your brain is set up, it, it doesn't take those two things and say, well, they can't both be true. What happens is both those beliefs will be running. So sometimes life will be hard and you can't get what you want. And sometimes you will get what you want. When you start to revise the beliefs of, oh, it's hard, you can't always get what you want. The more of those you revise, to match the oh no i can i can like i can create the life i want i can have what i want then the more and more that becomes um what your life is like does that make sense i uh, yeah, understand that but i think the question is basically like somebody who is like have a high kind of value of um minds money mindset like they always have abundance well and they hook up with a person that has a low money mindset yeah you know if you live with them or you deal with them a lot, you right. know, would that change the high person's money mindset and increase the low person's mm -hmm. 
No, not usually because the, the beliefs that we have are, they're like software. Oh. So if you put your computer with one version of software next to another computer with another version of software, they're not going to change each other's software. Oh, that's interesting. It's a good uh, comparison there. <laughs> Showing your geekiness, Michelle. <laughs> I mean, they can. it can open your conscious mind up to the possibility of what it's like to have more. But the things that are in our way are almost never conscious. They're almost always running unconsciously. And so to change those, you have to access the software. You have to rewrite that software and you have to access the parts of the brain that were developing when that software got created, which is usually the first three to six years of life. Mm, my childhood. So a lot of things from childhood, isn't it? Your beliefs and your, oh, that is something that's a big topic there. Yes. <laughs> the next one, because I know a lot of our beliefs comes from there. But um, what's the biggest myth that uh, we are unlikely to know about with regards to money? Well, I'll tell you, one of the big myths is the, the myth that you have to work hard to make money. Mm. It's, it's not true. How many people do you know who are working really hard who are not making money? Because uh, there's a lot of them. Yeah. How many people do you know who have a lot of money who aren't working that hard? Because there's a lot of them too. Mm, there's a few, yeah. That are yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's not about how hard you work. Mm, so that's a biggest myth. Yes, that's a huge myth. So that's yeah. it. Isn't that brought down from like your past generation kind of thing? Or Yes, it's been... Um, in in certain it's it's it is global it's more pronounced in some cultures american culture has a lot of you have to work hard to make money so do most asian cultures um so does australia australia has a very big you have to work hard to make money um and you know if it were true okay but it's not and so what it does is it results in the only way people will allow themselves to have money is if they work really hard. It's not that you have to work hard to make money, but because we think we have to, if we get money without working hard, we feel like we don't deserve it. And then we often get it to go away or we lose it because we don't think we deserve it because we didn't earn it. And by earning it, we didn't work hard enough. This is I, really I definitely have that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's very destructive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i have a redwood tree right out there it's it's hundreds of years old and it's hundreds of feet tall and it never asks itself oh did i work hard enough to be this big is it okay for me to be this big like we're the only species that asks ourselves if we deserve to be here and if we deserve a good life the, i have four cats and a dog when we give them treats they're never like oh have i done enough to earn my treat they're like of course they, they deserve a treat Humans oh, wow. are the only ones who make ourselves nuts about this. I thought we were the intelligent. Oh, could you hear me? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm trying. It's a little hard. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I thought we were the most intelligent species. Now, now, why? Well, we have something that others don't. In that we. 
We have an imagination for one, which is both a blessing. It's a blessing once you learn how to work it. If you don't know how to work your imagination, it can be a real curse. But we have an imagination. We are also um, self-consciously aware. And it's in the, that has some real upsides. But the downside is we're always kind of checking for, are we okay? Are, are Am I enough? Are we doing enough? Am I being enough? Is it we question our right to be here and we question our value in a way that the rest of the, the plants and animals and minerals on the planet do not. Mm, yeah. So what three pieces of ways do you do with our to improving their money mindset? Well, the best way, honestly, is to find somebody who knows what they're doing. It doesn't have to be me, but find somebody who knows what they're doing to change some of the beliefs that are in the way. Cause honestly, that makes everything so much easier. Um, I know people often ask for like, what are one or two tips that people can do? But if there were one or two tips you could do to change your beliefs, everybody would already be doing it. Mm. It is, it is the kind of thing where it's like, if you had a brain tumor, almost nobody would say, well, what are one or two tips that our, our listeners with brain tumors can do to help with, you know, the, the best thing is to find somebody who knows how to treat a brain tumor is really the best option. Mm. Um, so when you have, because most of the stuff that keeps us stuck, stuck is not conscious. You're not even conscious of most of it. So it's really hard to change. Um, like I said, I go see somebody else when I have something up. Yeah. Um, because when it comes to the stuff around your beliefs, you want to do it right and you want to do it well. Mm. Um, but uh, that's why I put those exercises in the book. That's one thing you can do. The other thing um, is you can it, just to notice what some of your beliefs are. Mm. If you want to know what your beliefs are, look at what happens in your life oh. around money. Like, do you have to work hard for it? Does it stay or does it go away? Um, like what kind of, like what's the experience you have over and over around money? Because that will be a result of your beliefs. So that's, does that also include your energy towards money as well? That won't necessarily open up your energy, but that will help you start to notice places where you have beliefs running that are not useful. And then you can get those changed. Once you start to change those, then like whole new worlds open up. Oh, can't wait for that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what's one thing you like to do to love your rebel? That's a good question. Um, the thing that I think I'm most aware of is um, when I start to notice places in me that, because we're always wanting to, to, to expand and move forward, right? That's that part of us that wants to, the rebel part that wants to push out into something new. So yeah. that's always there. So that's always happening. But, but 
we then we hit blocks, right? Most people don't know what to do when they hit a block. Some people try to use willpower, which almost never works. Using willpower to try and change your beliefs is like using willpower to try and change your computer software. Like I will force the software to revise. Like you'll just get a headache, but it won't actually change it. So what I have noticed is when I hit one of those limits, then I, I get help. I get it changed. I mean, I've been doing this work 25 years. I am still working on stuff because as my, as I expand and as my business expands, I start to hit things. I didn't even know were there were there limits that I never hit before. Cause I'd never expanded this far. And so for me, it's a continual exploration of letting things expand and then noticing where I hit roadblocks and then working to get those revised. So we're all, so that the expansion can continue without me having to arm wrestle myself or, you know, try and defeat myself or that the whole, the, all of me, all parts of me, the stuck parts, the rebel parts, we can all move forward in a way that's really good for all of us. So getting it out of your comfort zone will ignite your rebel Sorry? So get it out of your comfort zone will ignite your rebel well, that's what the rebel does. I mean, I don't even have to, right? That's what it does naturally. But what when when it starts to feel like you're not in your comfort zone, that means you've hit you have some beliefs in the way. Anytime it feels like, oh, I'm not in my comfort zone, if it doesn't feel comfortable, it means some part of you is registering it as maybe not okay, maybe not safe, which means there's some old beliefs there that you want to get revised. That um, being in that place of discomfort means there's something, some other part of you that is scared. And if it's scared, it means there's a belief that you might not be okay. So I know a lot of people just try and push past that. And, and that is, that's an option. But if you can revise those things that say, oh, this might not be safe, then it makes it so much easier. Oh, there you go. I love the learning there. I'm going to test it out. <laughs> oh, what are you excited about at the moment, Michelle? Oh my gosh, I am so excited about the expansion of human consciousness that's happening. As I, I was, tra you know, I didn't travel this year, but the last couple years, I was, as I was traveling and teaching all over the world, I noticed this massive acceleration of human consciousness. And I have this recording from February 17th of this year where I actually said to somebody, I don't understand what's happening because the change, the acceleration in consciousness is so huge. And on the surface, everything looks the same. And then like within two weeks, like, you know, everything kind of exploded on our planet. And it's, that's not how I thought it would happen, but it makes sense to me. There, this, um, a global event was almost inevitable because the consciousness of the globe is changing now so fast. It truly is expanding. And so even though what's going on now looks like chaos, if you've ever remodeled anything in your house, you know that from almost the first day the remodel starts until almost the last day it ends, it's utter chaos in the house. That's what a remodel is. And for most of that period, you're thinking, oh my God, why did I even start this? But then when it's over, you have something new and beautiful that you wanted. And so right now what we're, on a global scale, we're in the middle of a huge remodel of consciousness. 
And so, yeah, it looks like chaos. It looks like uncertainty. It looks like all kinds of fears coming to the surface, fears about our safety, fears about race, fears about national stuff, fears about politics. All those fears are being put right on the surface to be remodeled. And that's what's happening. There's no going back. Like human consciousness has hit this critical mass where we're not going backwards. There is only forwards. It's inevitable. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful actually change despite how it looks now. We're here at the kind of birth of a new consciousness for our planet and for us. And I, I could cry when I talk about it. I'm so excited about getting to be here, getting to be here as it happens, getting to be with people as they start to experience that and for all the good that's coming. I, I can't tell you how excited I am. Wow, that's great. I'm so glad that you have that view because, you know, out there, not a lot of people have that view, uh, maybe because they're just in the situation. They're not looking out. They're but, in the remodel. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, they will calm down and they will see it. But I yeah. totally agree with you there. Um, that's massive. Yes. But yes. then now, let's play a game. Okay. Okay. This game is called Fortunately and Unfortunately. Okay. Okay. So basically, one person starts with uh, something about fortunately. Okay. And, uh, the other person goes unfortunately, and we continue that until maybe we, we get a neutral or until, you know, for a few minutes and we'll see how it goes. Okay. Do you want to start or do you want, do you want me to start? I better start because I don't know what I'm doing, so I'll trust you. To pick up. <laughs> okay, let's go. Fortunately, there is only going forward at this point. Unfortunately, some people have a uh, weak mindset going forward. Ah, but fortunately, that can be changed now. Unfortunately. They don't know how to. Ah, but fortunately, there are more and more teachers and practitioners who do. Unfortunately, it's COVID. Ah, but fortunately, that has given us all a little bit of extra time for reflection, for asking ourselves what we want, and for noticing the parts of our old life that we're working and that we're not. Unfortunately, we are scared. But fortunately, that comes with every change. Beautiful! I love that. <laughs> that's so gorgeous. Oh, that's, that's so good. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle, for that. You're welcome, Sam. How can rebels connect with you, Michelle? Uh, probably through my website is easiest, or they can find me on Facebook, but my website is Michelle Masters NLP. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the easiest way you can contact me through there um, okay. or find me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so what's one message, last thing, what's the message do you want to give to our rebels about money mindset? Mm. What I want them to want everybody to know is you can have what you want and you can have it in a really beautiful way. You don't have to um, compete with other people. You don't have to fight off other people. You don't have to work too hard. You don't have to sacrifice. 
You can actually have what you want. You came here to live wonderful lives. All of us did. And every one of you who starts to live a better life makes it that much easier for all of us. So there's, it doesn't have to be hard. It can be so much better now. That, that rebel energy, when it's not having to fight against the past, becomes innovation. And so this is a time when instead of fighting, we can innovate, when we can actually create the world we've all been wanting, we've been dreaming of for so long. Wow. Wow. Magical Michelle. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today on our show. It was a pleasure, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Follow my Love Your Rebel Facebook page to receive updates on my weekly Love Your Rebel Facebook live show. Subscribe to this podcast to get upcoming episodes on your fave podcast app. Being a rebel can be a lonely journey. So as a thank you for listening to my podcast, I put together some tips and suggestions on how to overcome loneliness so you can ignite your rebel energy. To live the life that you are meant to live. Head to loveyourrebel.com forward slash podcast gift to download your free gift now.